What's up, Bulls Nation? Welcome to another episode of Whole Lot of Bull. I'm your host, Troy. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Troy, and you can follow the show at Whole Lot of Bull. Uh, so on today's episode, guys, just going to go a few through a few things that have happened in Bulls Nation um, over the last, say, like 10 days uh, since my last recording, which was uh, my Luke Longley meet and greet episode. Uh, so we'll just kick right into it. Uh, the first thing being the uh, the Keith Smith story about the 2020 NBA draft rookie extensions and in more particular our own Patrick Williams, how Keith talks about the potential of P. Will getting a five-year $100 million extension. So my initial reaction to that was, yeah, Pat's not worth $100 million. Probably closer to, let's say, uh, per year at maybe f- at 15. Obviously, that that five years, $100 million puts him down at $20 million a year. I think he's more personally closer to that 12 to $15 million a year. But when you break it down, the percentage of cap for that $20 million a year, as opposed to a few years ago, $20 million a year is not really that that huge a contract. I mean, going back a few years, that poss- in terms of percentage of salary cap, that might, might have been closer to like 12 in comparison. So, which probably fits in with what I was saying, how I personally look at Pat being more of a 12 to $15 million a year player. Percentage of salary cap probably equals that in comparison to a few years ago. So five years, $100 million, I would I'd probably give him that deal. You don't want to risk another layer of marketing situation where he's, uh, we, you know, obviously we, he struggled here in Chicago in the last few years. Uh, he goes off to Cleveland, you know, doesn't really have a real role there. But then goes off to Utah and as Big Dave likes to say, he's home. Um, also Utah being very Finland-like. And then he absolutely flourishes into an NBA all-star that we see now. So you don't want Pat you don't want Pat going off to another team potentially and breaking out like Larry has. You can kind of almost say a little bit like Wendell, but honestly, I don't think Wendell's anything more than he was here in Chicago. Yay, he got glasses because he realized he couldn't see a damn thing. So he's not getting blocked by the rim anymore and landing on his face. Um, and that you know when that that one happened, I was like, yeah, just trade this guy, please. But hey, good on Wendell now. He's got a role in Orlando, but I don't think he's actually any really anything more than he was here in Chicago. But that's just my take on Wendell. Uh, so yeah, with, with Patrick, you know, ideally, like I said before, I like to keep him down to that lower to the fifteen million dollars a year. But I would absolutely pay him the five years, $100 million deal because talent like Patrick, a lot of people have used in the past the Kawhi Leonard comparisons. Uh, obviously, Stacey King gave him the nickname The Paw, whereas obviously Kawhi is The Claw. And here's how I choose to look at the whole comparisons to, with Pat and Kawhi. I see Pat as having a very Kawhi Leonard archetype player. Now, let's just say, like, you know, you you do your NBA 2K, my player, my career, whatever it is, and you build Patrick Williams and it comes up with player comparisons. You could probably almost say that Patrick Williams, if you were to build a Patrick Williams player, 
one of those three players that will come up is Kawhi Leonard. Now, size, length, strength. Um, obviously, he's got the huge hands. No, Pat is never going to reach the superstar level that Kawhi has. He may he may potentially reach an all-star level. Um, that also comes down on his mentality going, yep, I'm the guy. Um, but there's, may, there's some also some other factors there which lead into something I'll talk about a little bit later. But yeah, based on that contract, I would 100% give Pat the five years, $100 million because you just you can't risk him going off somewhere else and being that player that you thought he could be or want him to be. Uh, so moving on to the next one, guys. Uh, Andre Drummond was on a podcast. I can't remember which one it was. So um, apologize, apologies to them. But he talks about how he's planning on opting into his uh, contract with the Bulls next season. I absolutely love this. I love Andre. Yes, he he's Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, he has his brilliant moments. He has his absolute what the hell are you doing moments. But at $3.3 million or it might be $3.6 million next season, you're not going to find a better backup center out there for that price than Andre Drummond. Like this guy's one of the greatest rebounders of all time. Uh, <laughs> he's so much fun to watch. Like he's absolute chaos. But like, you, I, I wanted I wanted Kawhi. I wanted Andre Drummond going back into the previous season um, when we picked up Caruso and Demar and all all those guys. I wanted us to get Andre Drummond back then because I knew what he could bring to this team as a backup to Vooch. He's like, no, he's not perfect. Who is? But for what Andre could bring to the team, he's absolutely valuable to this team. Um, he's a guy I'm more than happy to have back in Chicago for another season. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he does actually opt into that contract and I would love to see him in Chicago next year. Obviously he's loving his life here or here in Chicago. I'm going to show you. He's loving his life in Chicago. He's loving his life as a bull so far. Obviously you know, when he had his mental health battles, the bulls absolutely helped him through that. He credits Billy Donovan massively for that as well. Um, so yeah, hopefully Andre does stay and he's, I'm, um, you know, some people might say he's a waste of a a roster spot. He's not worth three point six million dollars, and they might say the same thing about DJJ. But you know, look you look at the two of them combined. That's what if they're on the three point three million dollars. That's six point six million dollars combined. They're taking up in salary next year. It's not that big a chunk of contract or salary. So no, he's worth it. Uh, so on to the, the next topic. There's a whole lot of speculation going around Portland that they might trade their number three pick because uh, obviously Dame wants a guy who can he can win now with. And so obviously Bulls Nation goes into a spin. Can we get that number three pick from Portland? Now everyone comes up with all these different trade scenarios. Oh, let's trade Zach. Let's trade DeMar. Hey, I'm guilty of it too. Um... I also have a mate who's a massive Portland fan. He has been a Portland fan all his life. I've known this guy for 20 years, so shout out to you, Pads. Uh, 
Uh, he came to me with a trade offer with the number three pick because I said to him, what would it take if the Bulls, well, if Portland was to trade the number three pick, what would do? You, what did he think Portland would require as a fair trade for the number three pick? And he came back with the offer of the number three pick and Anthony Simons to Chicago for Zach Levine and Kobe White. Now, that's probably a deal I would absolutely look at. Simons is would be 100% a Kobe, Kobe White replacement. Um, you know, off off the bench, dynamite scorer. Well, okay, Simons was starting with Portland in the backcourt with, with Lillard, but um, and probably you know what well, he'd probably actually start with Chicago as well at the, at the two spot. And the third pick, you get Scoot Henderson with the assumption that Charlotte is going to be absolutely stupid. MJ, what are you doing? And take Brandon Miller. So you get a generational talent in Scoot. You get a dynamite scorer with Anthony Simons. And you move on from Zach Levine, who I absolutely love. He's my favorite player on this team. Um, as soon as I saw the highlight reels of what Zach was in Minnesota when we made that trade with Jimmy Butler. And guys, as a bit of a side note, get over the Jimmy trade. It was six years ago. It's done. Dusted. Move on. Love y'all. I fell in love with Zach the moment I saw those those highlight packages. I'm like, this guy's... I said straight away, this guy's going to be an all-star. Like, he has all the gifts offensively. Athletic as hell. There's no way this guy was not going to become an all-star unless that ACL injury absolutely wrecked him, which he didn't. He came back stronger. And he's a two-time all-star. And had it not been for the knee issues going into this season where he had the the scope, he would have been 100% a three-time all-star this year as well. But you can't pass up on a guy like Scoot Henderson, who projects to be an absolute generational talent. And if it wasn't for Victor Wembanyama, he'd probably go number one in this in this draft. So, as much as I value Zach, much as I value Kobe, um, a player of Scoot's talent and potential of being one of the absolute superstars of the NBA. You you can't pass up on that. You you've got to you've got to look at that. Uh, so you guys can hit me up on Twitter on on that deal. Tell me what you guys think. Uh, Zach and Kobe for Anthony Simons and the number three pick. Let me know what you guys think. Uh, so on to the next one. Um, massive surprise uh, with Chris Paul getting well is going to get waived. By the Phoenix Suns. Now, obviously, there's still talks about whether they trade him. Do they wave and stretch? Um, but it seems like no matter what, either Chris Paul is going to be dealt from Phoenix or he's going to be released from this contract. And, of course, because the Bulls need a point guard, Bulls Nation goes into a, into a spin saying, should we go after CP3? Now, Chris is what, 38 years old now, but he's still a top 20-point guard in this league. Yes, he doesn't offer much in the terms of the defense and the three-point shooting that we 
prefer out of our point guard position, which, um, but he does bring that on-court leader, a floor general, and as we saw with Patrick Beverly when he came in as a point guard who, let's face it, Pat's not a great point guard, like Patrick Beverly's not a very good point guard, but he's a competent point guard, and how much better the team looked with just a competent point guard on the court. Now you put CP3 in his place, who's one of the all-time great point guards, yeah, this team's probably going to look a hell of a lot better. So that's something on there. I personally, I don't know if I would bring CP3. Like, you're looking at another three-after situation, which I think someone else has brought it before, whether it be Hayes and Pat on Locked on Bulls or whether it was Tony Gill and Jason Goff on the Bulls Talk podcast. I'm not really sure, but yeah, someone did say about the, the three alphas being recreated with CP3, Demar, and Zach, if we were to sign Chris Paul. But hey, he's a potential option. If you can get him for cheap, which he's not going to be because it's Chris Paul, um, you certainly look at it, you know, you give him a call, see what he wants to do. If you can reach an, reach an agreement that suits both parties, sure, why not? But you can guarantee that if he's going to take less money, he's going to want to go to a contender. Bulls are not that, so it's probably a non-story as far as the Bulls are concerned with Chris Paul. Um, so probably let's move on to the next one. The Bulls hired uh, Peter Patton, who was, I believe his official title would be Director of Play Development. Um, I'm not sure if that's the correct title. You guys let me know if I was wrong on that one or not. But he's also been renowned for being a shooting coach. Um, he's worked with Minnesota and Dallas. And he works, he's a prodigy of Chris England, I believe his name was, or name is. Uh, so he comes from a, a good background of a, of a shooting with an, a great shooting coach. I believe, not sure if Chris England is a guy who worked with Lonzo Ball on his jump shot, because obviously he worked with Dallas and Minnesota and not New Orleans and the Lakers, or New Orleans when... um. Lonzo fixed up his shot. Um, but hey, finally, the Bulls fans have been screaming out for a shooting coach on this team. We finally got one. But I will say this flat out. It does not excuse AK and Mark Eversley from not going out and trying to acquire actual shooters. It's all well and good to get a shooting coach you still need actual shooters on this team. You can't just rely on this guy coming in and trying to develop Derek Jones Jr. or Javante Green if they come back, if he comes back. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, who master the mid-range. He's, he can say all he likes. He's, he's going to try and work in his three-point shot, but it is it, DeMar's game. DeMar is who he is. Uh, Patrick Williams, who's like percentage-wise, Last year, the best shooter on the team at, what, 42%, I believe it was. So he's already doing good. Maybe if he can speed up his shot a bit more and get up some more volume. I mean, hopefully that's something Peter can work with him on that. But you still need shooters. I mean, hopefully Kobe White can become more consistent. But in the end of the day, regardless, you can have a shooting coach. You need actual shooters. 
all we can hope for really, all I can personally hope for is that Peter Patton actually develops who we've got now or whoever's on the roster next season at the very least develops them into competent shooters. They don't have to be good shooters or great shooters, just competent. But that because competent on this team is, is is sadly a massive step up because like we're last in three point shooting rate, last in makes, last in attempts, had a okay percentage. Like you know when they got hot, they got hot. But for the most part, no, this was not a good three point shooting team. So yeah, let's see what happens with that one. Um, so this next topic, which is something I was kind of leading into last time, um, with the, sorry, not last time in the, my Patrick Williams discussion, play development and is DeMar DeRozan good for play development? Now I'm going to shout out local Bulls fan for, uh, for this topic for me. Um, cause there has been, some um, tweets out or and Instagram posts about DeMar DeRozan working out with Dale and Terry. And the question that local Bulls fan point out, which is fair enough. I hate credit to you local Bulls fan for pointing this out. Massive shout out to you, dude. And as I promised, I said, I would talk, I'll give my take on this in, in this episode. So, is DeMar good for play development? Here's, here's my take on it, and this is no offense to anybody else's take. This is just my take. Whether you agree with it or not, that's up to you. DeMar is great for play development in the offseason, off the court. Um, he you know he does his manage like as he calls them the mandatory workouts with him back in Cali or where, wherever he goes. Um, he did that last year with Patrick Williams. Uh, he's doing it now with Dale and Terry. So yeah, DeMar is a great mentor to these players. He's a, he's, he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. My take on where DeMar is not good for player development is the, is the on-court side of it. Demar is a heavy isolation player. He doesn't. He's not great off the ball. Um, players like Patrick Williams, in order for him to develop, he needs more on-court reps, more NBA on-court reps. He can get as, in as much training off the court and mentorship from Demar as, as Demar wants to give him. But in the day, he needs to do these things on the NBA floor in NBA games. And while Damar is on this team, I don't think he's going to get those opportunities. Because yes, Demar is as great as Damar is. Patrick defers to Damar. He defers to Zach. To diverse defers to Vooch. And then he'd be like, "Oh, okay, I'll go now. My turn." Patrick needs to have far many more reps in the NBA, on the NBA court in NBA games. He's not going to have that with DeMar on this team. 
he'll get it with Zach. He'll get it with Vooch because those guys are willing passers. And I'm not saying DeMar's not a willing passer. Look, DeMar had some great moments with setting up some teammates last year. But while DeMar is, is here, Patrick is going to be fourth option at best. The only time he's going to be the number one option is when those guys aren't playing, like whether they're injuries, we're coming down to the final few games of the season, seedings locked up, those types of things. That's when he'll be the number one option as long as Zach DeMar and Vooch are all on the team together. But I I personally think that DeMar's the one who needs to needs to go in order for Patrick Williams to be able to step up his game on the court. So in summary, yes, DeMar DeRozan is great for player development in terms of off-season well, off workouts, mentorship, but he's not great for, in my opinion, he's not great for player development on the NBA court in NBA games because he needs the ball too much in order for these other guys, the young guys, to flourish. So let me let me know what you guys think about that. Am I wrong? Am I right? You know, am I am I both? Um, yeah, so we'll move on to the last couple of topics. Um, so Fred Van Vliet has opted out of his contract with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, this is obviously, again, Bulls fans like they did with Chris Paul like they've done with the number three draft pick talks. Bulls fans go into a spin. Can we bring Fred Van Vliet home? He's from Rockford in Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. Well, as you guys know, I'm in, I'm in Australia, not Chicago, so I don't really know the areas that well. But he, I know he's a Chicago guy. I personally, as, as good as Fred is, I don't think I would look into into bringing Fred to the Bulls. Um, yeah, good point guard, good shooter, good scorer. But I don't, I don't know. This, having watched him, like I don't I don't think he's what the Bulls need. Where as opposed to Dejounte Murray, I think he brings brings far more to the Bulls of what they need. Now he's not a Dejounte is not a Lethal three-point shooter. He like obviously uh, Vlam Vlam Vliet, Van Vliet, excuse me, is a better three-point shooter. Um, and and Van Vliet's probably a better facilitator of the ball. But Dejounte, better scorer, better defender, and for me, being the better defender, and he's got size and length. When you consider that we're missing Lonzo Ball, who's a six-six point guard, long. Great defender, can facilitate enough because he's not a natural point guard like a Chris Paul, John Stockton, Magic Johnson type point guard, but he's um, Lonzo can do some of that stuff, but he's not he's not going to be one who's like bringing the ball to the court. All right, head coach on the court, running the offense like CP3. So you don't need uh, DeJounte Murray to, to do that. You don't need him to be that head coach in the court. You just need to bring the ball to the court, set up the players, and then just and then make make the right plays, play defense, hit the threes, and he's a versatile scorer. 
and in saying that, he's also best mates with Zach Levine. So I'm sure Zach would absolutely love to have him in Chicago. We remember a couple of years ago when Zach was uh, coming out for his max, uh, max contract talks with the Bulls. Uh, Murray posted on Instagram a, a Photoshop picture of Zach Levine in a San Antonio Spurs uniform. Obviously hinting like, hey, Zach, come to, come to San Antonio. And then obviously, you know, was it the same season? No, it was last a year later, Murray gets traded to the Hawks. And now there's whispers that the Hawks will listen to offers about Murray anyway. So between Van Vliet and uh, Murray, I would personally go after Murray if you're going to go after one of them. Um, last last thing I'm going to go into, guys, was I was listening to the Bulls Talk podcast that came out today or yesterday for you guys in the, in the States. Um, there was a quick little tidbit that pricked my ears up from Casey Johnson. And it was about Lonzo Ball. And he was to talk about the Bulls may make a decision on Lonzo's contract, if not this season, definitely going into next season, which tells me that they clearly know something about Lonzo's recovery and the, the possibility that he may never play again. Um, so whether they go for that disabled player exception and which I believe is the one that gets him back the gets him back half of his contract and salary, but it still goes against the, the tax or the luxury tax. Or they may go for the career ending player exception, which I believe is one where Lonzo also gets paid all his money, but and we get that twenty million dollars back off the in salary. So we got we free up twenty million dollars again. Which I might throw this out to Will Gottlieb or or Hayes, um, if you guys are listening, if you can get back to me, if Lonzo does have, sorry, if the Bulls do use the career-ending player uh, thing on Lonzo Ball and we get that $20 million off or back from his salary, do we get that as a exemption where we can use that $20 million on Lonzo, from Lonzo's contract, if we are over the, you know, obviously when we're going to be over this, over the salary cap, or is that basically just still twenty million dollars lost? Or do we do we create an exemption from that where we can actually, even though we're over the salary cap, we can still pay someone up to twenty million dollars? So Hayes, Will Gottlieb, uh, Will the Goat, if you're listening. Uh, Hit me up on Twitter, um, at Bulls underscore Troy or at Whole Little Bull. Let me know what exactly the Bulls can do if the Bulls do use that, do get that um, career-ending player exemption or whatever whatever the case is. Um, and then also a quick little um, little thank you to Hayes as well. He had a tweet, um, a random shout-out to his favorite Bulls content creators, and the new kid on the block, me, gets a mention. So, uh, Hayes, much appreciation to you, mate. Um, obviously very new to this podcasting uh, content creating game. So for you to say that I'm already amongst your favorites of the Bulls content creators, uh, dude, huge honor. Thank you very much. 
Um, so guys, that will probably do it on this episode of Hole of the Ball. Uh, so let's do the outro properly. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Hole of the Ball. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the pod on your preferred podcast platform so you don't miss any episodes. If you wish, you can follow me on Twitter at balls underscore Troy and the show at Hole of the Ball. Until next time, Bulls fans, see red, go Bulls.